This is the Hans Shot First Podcast. They don't know it, I'm telling you. We'll be talking in-depth about common movie moments from my dead body. With the mix of all things pop culture along the way. Yeah, all Scott. Okay. Welcome everyone to Hans Shot First. I'm Jeff, joined as usual by Scott and Alex. Say hello. Hello. Hey. This week we're talking about Lethal Weapon 3. Your love has become a lethal <laughs> weapon. I knew that song was going to come up. Saxophone. <laughs> yeah. They, 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 like, I'm sure we'll talk about this. But they they come out strong with the, with the, the music in this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They don't, want to, they don't want to round. Yeah. Damn right. All right. Uh, this movie came out in 1992, directed by Richard Donner, written by Jeffrey Baum. Baum. Uh, it's Blaub. Mark, Robert Mark Carmen, and based on the characters from Shane Black, starring Mel Gibson, Danny Glover, Joe Pesci, Rene Russo, and others. Uh, an, an interesting person did... A, a pass on the script for this, Jeff. Who's that? Take. Uh, let's see, they they were an actor in Star Wars. Alec Carrie Hades? Fisher. Carrie Fisher, yes. Oh. Yeah, I knew she did a lot of that uh, back in the day. Um. All right. Well, we're we're doing this because we've done a bunch every other movie of Dick Donner, and he recently passed away. Uh, so we wanted to honor him by doing one of his movies, and since we've already done The Goonies, and Lethal Weapon 1, and Lethal Weapon 2, and The Omen, and Scrooge. Uh, we, did and... A, we did Assassins. <laughs> yeah. Assassins. Assassins. We done his, most of his catalog, so we just had to go to the more of the Lethal Weapon sequels. Um, <laughs> yeah, but before we get into that, um, on a personal note, uh, I also lost my father this week, which has been terrible. Um just want to bring this up because during this podcast, I'm going to mention him a couple times because I remember quotes and stuff from him in this movie talking about it. And uh, just on the top of my mind and everyone out there, just enjoy your parents while you can because uh, they're not going to be there forever, especially if you're getting to our age and that stuff starts to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, this is for you, Dad. And uh, let's get on with the show. So Alex, what's your history with this movie? It was just, we were psyched when we were first seeing like trailers and stuff for lethal weapon three because my dad and i have been like huge fans of all the lethal weapons and one of the things i do remember vividly is that when they were on the news talking about it there was like oh we'll have a special report on the latest lethal weapon movie you know and then one of the reporters is like you know what i heard the sources tell me that there's gonna be yeah no explosions in this movie and I was like, you got to be fucking kidding me. <laughs> <laughs> and then I felt like an idiot like 10 seconds later when they're like, no, oh, we're just joking. Of course it's going to be. It's a, it's a weapon movie. I'm like, oh, well. <laughs> so that's my history with it. This movie made me feel stupid. All right, Scott. Uh, saw this in the theater. Uh, this, the, the, the original Lethal Weapon is the perfect example of... Uh, my my parents just no supervision, me, me seeing it on cable <laughs> uh-huh. VHS maybe watching it with them I don't know, uh, and then and then the second one I'm pretty sure I saw in the theater but yeah, uh, definitely saw this one in the theater when when it came out, 
and and I I don't know if like how much I enjoyed it back then. I'm, I'm sure I, I did enjoy it, uh, but it didn't didn't necessarily fill the, the pantheon of, of uh, the action movies that we, we talked about ad nauseum as kids. Uh. Okay. Um, I did not see this in theaters. I don't think I saw any of them except the fourth one in theaters. Because uh, this is, what, 92? I still... I don't know. Didn't see it in theaters. But I look forward to it because, as I mentioned with my dad earlier, he... Uh, I mean, I was a carpenter, and he worked on the big L.A. Convention Center renovation back in the early 90s. And he told me that they were filming Lethal Weapon scenes there. He was like, oh, yeah, we saw Mel Gibson riding a motorcycle. He, he would, like, give us... Every time he'd be able to see it from his vantage point, he'd be telling us. And so we're really excited to watch it to see, I don't know, dad, we were like, like we thought we were going to see my dad in the background. I don't know, but for, <laughs> for some reason, because he would talk, he talked about it and we were really looking forward to seeing it. And uh, I think I see the, like the one scene he talked about, he does drive when he comes out of the subway station. I think that's the, you see like some construction in the background and that's the big, that's over there down in downtown LA by okay. where the Staples Center is now. Wasn't there at the time, but yeah. the whole that renovation down there. So that's my history with it. Just remember looking forward to it because my dad said he saw them film part of it and he saw Mel Gibson on a motorcycle. Yeah. For those listening that don't live in the greater Los Angeles area, there actually is a subway in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. As evidenced by this movie and by Speed. Speed, right. yeah. I've never been on it. Have you guys? I I, I have. Uh, my, my grandpa... Um, this is, this is crazy. This is, this is how much the, the world's changed. My, my grandpa, uh, like grew up in the Midwest, I think in, uh, say Indiana. Eventually moved away out. from there. Yeah, I know. It's, we've been it's doing insane. work on that forever. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, moved out to Los Take Angeles. Take that Elon Musk. <laughs> and he basically lived in Watts. Like, <laughs> and wow, so he man. wanted to go walk around the neighborhood. Um, and the subway had just opened, so I went with him. We rode the subway, got off, took a took a walk around the neighborhood. Uh, so I was, I was like eleven or twelve. Um, everybody was staring at us. <laughs> it, it was one of the most uncomfortable. And like he, I I don't know whether he noticed or not, or just didn't care. Um, for those listening, I am very white. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, that, that's my, that's the first, last time I ever did that. And then we went to Philippe's because <laughs> that place has been around forever. But, uh, yeah, that, that's my subway story. Eat fresh. fresh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, cool. Yeah. I've never been on it. I've been only been on a train a couple times and that's just down to San Diego or something. <laughs> um, all right, well, let's get into it. As usual, we each talk about seven items from the movie. Uh, Alex, what's your number seven? <laughs> My number seven, Sven Olthorsen. Three words. Three fantastic words. Wait, who is he in this? I, don't, I missed him. Yeah, he was one of the goons. Yeah. he he's You spot him at the construction site at the very beginning. He's got this big, like, aviator-type glasses and everything. And then he uh, he gets kicked in the nuts by Rene Russo. The Nick Nick Chinlin's in this, who I would call the Chin if not for Bruce Campbell, but mm-hmm. another another great character actor. Huh. That's right. 
sometimes goon. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Sven Thorson, he also had that big <laughs> Morgan Freeman crowbar that he got Mel Gibson with. All not right. More, not Morgan Freeman. What's Spain. the guy from, <laughs> from Fallout? <laughs> not Fallout. <laughs> I'm all fucked up today. I don't know what you're talking about now. <laughs> Mr. Freeman from Black Mesa with the crowbar. Oh, Gordon Freeman. Uh, Gordon Freeman. It's okay. not that far off. Okay. Okay, but wait, yeah. what? What about... What? He, uh, when uh, Mel Gibson catches the guys loading the truck full of guns and stuff, and he's like, oh, like, hands up and everything, and then all of a sudden a crowbar hits his hand. That was Fennel Thorson. Oh, okay. Just like Gordon Morgan Freeman. <laughs> the the guy that makes the fish sticks, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. All right, Scott, number seven. Uh, my number seven is uh, laughing at this now. Um, just because I'm sure I remembered it, but you just see it coming a mile away is the... The red shirt kid cop that goes with him. <laughs> yeah, very obvious. I'm like, oh, yeah. there's no way this this guy's. <laughs> they introduce him like in that same scene, pretty much, and they're like, oh, you can't come. And then uh, they they go out of their way to mention the bullets again, the magic bullets, and then uh, like, all right, you can come with us. And then of course he dies because <laughs> mm-hmm. they needed somebody to die to just to show that yes, like the bullets can do this. And you couldn't have the two of them or Rene Russo. Like take a bullet, so this guy that that's in this that gets like two minutes of screen time, getting murdered. Yeah, he was twenty two that day. Yeah. Oh, happy birthday, kid! I want oh, happy birthday, Rush. kid. Yeah, I want, I want to know. Like, I, I don't know anything about how police departments are run, but I imagine if you're like you have instructions, like if you're a twenty two <laughs> year old cop, I don't I don't think they just let you go. You know, go around town like looking for looking for crime. Like they're like, no, you patrol in this area, uh, and you're doing it from this this time to this time. Shut up and go do it. I don't, I don't know. This guy's just hanging out at the police station. Anyway, red shirt co- kid cop. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, my number seven, and this is another. Uh, this is like another um, example of times changing. You know, when you go back and you watch movies where there's homophobic jokes and like back then you just kind of like shut you know, laughed at them now yeah. it's like yeah. mm-hmm. this is uh mental health jokes yeah i never really got this until, until i watched it this time because it's such a big issue now but every time she tries to help about like real serious issues like Murtaugh shooting a kid dealing with it they just make fun of it it's a big joke and yeah it's 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 <laughs> i think it's actually worse than like they they do make a couple homophobic homophobic cracks in the first movie I think the, the yeah. mental health is actually worse because by the fourth movie, like he's still just a complete asshole to her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, and like I feel bad for her. Like he's like, no, Riggs is just being a dick. Like, <laughs> yeah, and if you go back to the first movie, he definitely needed some help. I mean, yeah. he was oh, <laughs> suicidal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like I said, it's just I never would have thought about this, but you know, it is becoming being pushed. Uh, Talked more and more about, I guess, openly talked about more, which is a great thing. And so now I'm watching this. I'm like, wow, they should really be uh, listening to her a little bit. Yeah, Rick, Rick should not have been yeah. allowed to be out in the streets. Yes, with the yeah, gun. With definitely the gun. not. <laughs> so, that's my number seven. Alex, number, five, number six. 
My number six is, I like that <laughs> they, they pulled all this crazy fucking shit in the first two movies, and it's like, how are these guys still have a job? So at least in this one, at the very beginning, they get demoted to patrolman. They don't get fired, <laughs> which they should have. Or at least, you know, the the police station should have got sued just into the Stone Age, but... Yeah, they got demoted to patrolmen. They're just, they're still cops walking around, hassling people for jaywalking. As opposed to the next movie where they promote them for such such discretions. Why do Joker's captains? Why did Riggs think he would know how to disarm the bomb? Because he's fucking crazy. Yeah. It's funny. The scene's funny, but. It's like pushing, like, like is he still suicidal? Like, <laughs> he's yeah, taking, it's true. He's, he's taking Riggs with him. Yeah, yeah. It's I mean, every that, movie. You know, it, it might, yeah, it might be that thing where he knows that Riggs is, you know, seven days to retirement at that point, and so his, his partner is leaving him. So he might Acting feel like out. he needs to lash out for okay. for being abandoned. Yeah, it's pushing it, but okay, I'll buy that. Yeah. yeah. I just think that's, I mean, that's the movie. It is fictional. So, like, I don't know, some of the stuff, like him t- talking down a uh Yeah, no, no, he's, he's like, he's like doing movie. crazy shit constantly, but, like, he, 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 there's, like, a way out. Like, with the bomb, it's like, like, what? <laughs> yeah, just <laughs> okay. wait for the bomb squad. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, that's true. In the second one, he doesn't try to defuse the toilet bomb. He waits for the bomb squad. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. How's it going, coaches? Yeah, like Scott said, it's a funny scene, but yeah, ugh. I do like it's. Is it is it the beginning or the very end when they just have the voiceover that they actually reference like the same guy Jarvis? So I don't think they got the actors out there, but Tony Stark's robot. Yes. All right, uh, Scott number six, Shane Black. Uh, mm-hmm. So my number six is of the four Lethal Weapon movies, this one definitely has the, the most forgettable villain. Yes. And, and oh, yeah. really just set of goons in general. Um, yeah, Sven Thorson's there. Yeah. Nick, Nick Chillin's there. but And the guy that, that looks like uh, Stephen King. Uh, <laughs> he gets a lot of screen time. It's a scary looking villain. Uh, with a beard. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, ultimately forgettable. Uh, I think the problem was in the first two movies, there, there's like a, a, a like physical threat to Riggs by at least one of these villains um, between the the South African guy uh, mm-hmm. that, that knows karate or whatever <laughs> and uh, Gary Busey in the, in the first movie. And this one, like he, he's a little crazy, but like he should be no match for Riggs. And even though... Uh, like ultimately, the the fights they have, like they're, they're kind of even. Like Riggs kind of gets his ass kicked in this movie, by the way. Yeah. Uh, which is which is kind of cool, I guess. You know, you don't want like as, as awesome as like the commandos of the world are. Um, you know mm-hmm. the, the this formula of like Die Hard and this lethal weapon anyway. Uh, it's it's good that the heroes take a beating uh, for for doing dumb stuff, but uh, yeah, just again, ultimately. The, the villain uh, is played by Stuart Wilson. Uh, I mean, he he's fine, just the character is so bland. There's like no... There's really not a lot to him. Uh, he just 
enacting evilness just so that Riggs and Murtaugh have something to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it feels like. So. I mean, yeah, he puts that guy in cement and then pretty much nothing after that. Mm. Yeah. Plus, that's going to fuck up that the foundation to that house. Do you know what a corpse does when it's buried in cement? The same thing as everything else? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's my number six. Sorry. Yeah. Went on no, no, my number six is villain kind of lame. Yeah. So. Yeah, there is. Yeah. Everything Scott said. He was just kind of, man, I was just thinking the same thing. Yeah, we had Gary Busey. We had diplomatic community. Yeah, like it's hard to follow it up. Uh, yeah. Joss Ackland from the from the last movie. Um, Stuart Wilson, he- though. Was also the 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 villain in uh, Zorro. Okay. Uh, that we watched recently with Antonio Banderas. And oh, really? He was the well. I, I said recently. Kid- yeah. I don't know. I know, but he was the one that kidnapped uh, Catherine Zeta Jones. Yeah. So he was like Anthony, uh, whatever. It's like Dang, the, old, was, the older guy. Yeah. Um, that's a transformation. Yeah. He's also, also the villain. In Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3. Shredder? Not Shredder. Oh. <laughs> King? So, so just saying, this guy's got some, some pedigree here. Three. He, he was like a... That, he, was, he was just like a... Uh, like a British guy. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't know. Th- you know, I don't think I saw three. That's the one where they go back in time to Pure yes. Japan? Yes. Okay, yeah, I didn't see that one. Saw it in the theaters. With my sister. She was pissed. <laughs> Why was she pissed? Because she didn't want to see it. <laughs> uh, well. Anyway. But yeah. Villain kind of lame, except compared. And even um, Jet Li, which the fourth movie has its issues, but I think even he's more memorable. Yeah, At yeah. least oh, the whole yeah. bad pl- the whole bat. Yeah, they, whole... they get the cool showdown at the end with the Jet Li. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which wouldn't be a contest. But anyway. <laughs> we'll, do, yeah. we'll say that for Lethal Weapon 4. Um, but now on to Alex number five. My number five in all these movies, it seems like there's a lot of ad libbing. So I don't know where the script ends and their ad libbing begins, but I love it. They they all the actors have like such great chemistry that even though they're all talking on top of each other, you can still follow the conversation and what's going on, and it's all very clear what everybody's trying to say, and it, it it's delightful. I love it. I agree. I mean, I think that's. I mean, especially their chemistry between the two of them is what makes these movies these movies. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I agree. Mm. All right, Scott, number five. Uh, number five is uh, the return of Pesci. Who? Okay. 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 Uh, hey, fuck you. The, but the uh... <laughs> my pass. Here's my fucking pass. <laughs> the. The original script, I guess, didn't call for him, so they, they kind of added him back in. And, yeah, he, he, more there just for fun. <laughs> you, mm-hmm. you get the fun scene with like him out in the ice where he thinks he's he's dying. Like, no, no, you're on the ice. <laughs> yeah, cool. Um, you're on the ice. But, uh, the, uh, it, I, I, I think I just like the idea, and they, they, they really drive this home at the end of the fourth movie, but, um, and they, they never explicitly say it, but uh, like, yeah, they they Riggs and Murtaugh are kind of dicks to him, but at the same time, like Murtaugh's letting Leo uh, Joe Pesci's character uh, like be his real estate agent, 
like you know they they like have like looked after this guy <laughs> try to keep him yeah. on the straight and narrow like mm-hmm. they, there's something like likable enough about him that they that they like still like want to interact with him um even in the fourth movie like in the fourth movie they're, they're just doing nothing but giving him shit but they're still hanging out with the guy like <laughs> so uh <laughs> he's like squeak from uh basketball yeah exactly <laughs> you guys rip on me 30 or 40 more times and i'm out of here <laughs> yeah. uh, but but again i just like the idea that just, it, it just brings a little more humanity to the characters um, which they they kind of skip over a lot of that in this movie. Like, uh, you know, in the first movie, he, he like comes to dinner. Um, in the second movie, you get to see like like Riggs's house. Like, you barely see anything like Riggs' personal life in this movie, other than his stuff with with Lorna, uh, with with uh, Rene Russo. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's the one that like kind of like rounds out their characters a little bit by by the fact that they're still like are interacting with him, and I kind of like that. Yeah. Well, it kind of makes sense because this this movie is more about Riggs being part of more a part of their family than him being you know a lone wolf on his own in that trailer in the beach. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Also, just fun to see Pesci like not be Pesci. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's great. Yeah. Luca, my son, recognized him. I know that guy. He's the guy from Home Alone, one of the wet bandits. <laughs> I know. Like I've always said, my introduction to Joe Pesci is the Lethal Weapon movies, and then like Home Alone. I didn't. It's not until later I started going back to watch Goodfellas and, and stuff like that. Where I'm like, woof. Yeah. <laughs> like, that guy is a much different person in those movies. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Acting. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Exactly. Um, all right. Uh, on to my number five, which. Um, I don't know how I feel about, and I think it's I don't like it is the re- ass kicking Renee Russo, and um, and that's okay. She can kick ass, fine. But the scene where like Riggs just lets her take on five guys with guns and while he just watches and like shows Riggs or Murtaugh, like pretty stupid. Yeah, I I agree. Yeah. It's it's a little it's a little cringy because um, again the choreography isn't great, but. Uh... Also, the the line that she gives about PMS being a killer. Oh yeah, that's yeah, that's bad. the yeah. like. E, like, I guess funny in nineteen ninety two. I have a vagina. Everybody yeah. <laughs> 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 gets a new car. <laughs> Women. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but like I said, I mean, it's cool to have a female character kick ass, but it was just so weird. Like, yeah, that's that quote at the end but then also just him just let it happen the whole time and like she she like gets punched in the face there a couple times too it's not like Mm -hmm. she's like completely dominating them yeah exactly yeah Murtaugh helps in jumps in at the end and Briggs does it the entire time so that's my number five uh Alex what's number four (laughs) my number four and maybe you guys are gonna say more about this but Daryl was my friend dad no I did not (laughs) that's not my that has become <laughs> you know, well, I, I don't know that, that line has become uh, a bit popular in our circles at least because was it Matt friend of the show yeah, it's it the, the, yeah. one of those phrases that just gets repeated over and over again and gets, keeps getting distorted but, but, so <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it's not, not quite the same way in the movie but yeah so <laughs> oh, remember that scene in Lethal Weapon 3 it's our Daryl Barfair dude 
And then when you watch the original of the movie, it's like, he doesn't say that at all. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it was a real uh, touching moment between father and son. He's like, Daryl was my friend, Dad. Yeah. I, I hope you don't like, blame me for shooting him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it gets, gets blown out of proportion to be like some redneck street talk or something the way yeah, he says yeah. it. And then it's literally, Daryl was my friend, Dad. <laughs> yeah, so, it, yeah it was, it's like yeah it was almost like Boomhauer. <laughs> yeah father you discharging your pistol into my friend was quite uncouth ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah uh, I, I love that line <laughs> alright Scott number four number four uh, there were actually a couple of really fun car chases uh oh yeah so give, give this awesome. one credit for that uh you know, action movies the, like at some point there's gonna be a car chase pretty much guaranteed uh and for the most part it's like okay that was all right that that moved along some of the screen time for, for most action movies i would say uh this mm-hmm. one starts with one and and has one uh right before the the final act and mm-hmm. uh yeah, they're they're both pretty solid. Uh, I, I like the idea of the the two big armored cars just kind of weaving through traffic, uh, keep banging into each other, and the the rigs hanging off of one end of the cars for uh, for most of it. Uh, yeah, just it was well paced, well shot. Uh, mm-hmm. The 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 jokes of of the the uh, the woman hitting on Murtaugh the whole time. <laughs> that that was wearing kind of thin, uh, but uh, yeah, it was it was it was a good way to start the movie. Just to kind of uh, show what the, these characters are all about, um, other than the whole bomb thing, anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the 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 cool cool chase coming out of the, uh, the subway where the the truck raises the I don't know what you call them the. The, the track wheels yeah, tra- train wheels yeah uh yeah and it goes back out in normal traffic and then they chase after him and he grabs his motorcycle and the cop the other cop just lets him by the way <laughs> that, that that was making me laugh which is like oh i'm a cop and he just lets him take it like i i think there would be a couple more questions but yeah. Uh, yeah they get going um you know they're going the, the wrong way and rather than than some like amazing jump or or something like that yeah he ends up sliding off the the end Mm-hmm. Uh, that was the trailer shot right there too. Yeah, there was the money shot of of him uh, clearly being dropped onto a inflatable mm-hmm. <laughs> platform, uh, but still fun that that you know that it ends in failure for our heroes uh, to to keep the uh, kind of tension going. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Then they bring back the old shoulder popping. Oh, I forgot he could uh, do that. Yep, yeah. yep. Gotta gotta do that. Uh, <laughs> You no, know, in uh, you know, I was reading more of the the trivia for this. Uh, so the original script, uh, there there wasn't supposed to be the end of the freeway there. There there was supposed to be more construction, and uh, they they were going to be doing some kind of demolition. And uh, Riggs actually winds up driving, sliding the the motorcycle, basically into this like barrel full of dynamite. But Dick Donner <laughs> removed it because the explosion would have been too big 
<laughs> and, and Dick Donner dislikes smoke. <laughs> yeah. God damn it. <laughs> you almost made it through Scott without laughing. Yeah, I, know, yeah. I know, damn it. <laughs> Maybe next time. Yeah. <laughs> Leave the weapon for. Yeah. yeah. That might be it. We've gone through so many of his movies. Um, mm-hmm. All right. Uh, I think we're on. A, was that my number? Is that Scott's number four? Yes. All right. So my number four is. Um, the Jaws scene, where Jaws scene slash hookup scene, when they're comparing their scars and oh, everything, and yeah, yeah, that's a lot of yeah. fun. And class, anytime you do an homage to my favorite movie, you're gonna get some uh, kudos for me. It always reminded me of a, was a similar scene in Chasing Amy. If you guys remember the, the first time they meet Amy Adams, not Amy Adams. What's her name? <laughs> Joey Lord Adams. Yeah, Joey Lord Adams in there. And they start doing the same thing, but a slightly different version. And uh, Kevin Smith said a lot of the younger people would always say, you got that from Lethal Weapon 3. And he's like, well, no, got it from Jaws. <laughs> Lethal Weapon 3 also got it from Jaws. Always stuck in my mind. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's my number four. Alex, what's your number three? Uh, Renee Russo. I really like her in this movie. She she had the acting chops to to be a match to to Riggs and Murtaugh and, and keep up with all the rest of the actors with with all their ad libbing and everything. I thought she was a great addition to the cast. Um, yeah, I mean the, we already mentioned her fighting five dudes alone, and that just felt like oh, in 1992, it, it reminded me of that scene with uh, in Anchorman where uh, Danny Trejo is telling Ron Burgundy, you know, women can do stuff now. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, yeah, women can do stuff now, like beat up five dudes. I'm sorry, I don't yeah. speak Spanish. Yeah. <laughs> and also to talk about that jaw scene a little bit more, you know what scene did get it directly from Lethal Weapon 3? Loaded Weapon 1. One. Yep. I was I, expecting it was like why isn't <laughs> why isn't Mel Gibson opening up his chest to reveal a hamster <laughs> running on a little wheel? <laughs> yeah, they they did the ice yeah. gag too with the bags of ice. Oh, they did. Oh, yeah, yeah that's right. And John Lovitz is like, "Don't worry, you're gonna be fine." <laughs> they just zip up the body bag over him. <laughs> I gotta watch that again. Uh, all right, Scott, number three. Number three is uh, Riggs and Cole, so uh, Mel Gibson and Rene Russo. Uh, mm-hmm. So the, the first movie is just him getting over his wife. And then the, the second movie, uh, they, the Patsy Kensett. Um, and they, there's a lot of chemistry between the two of them, but she's mostly just a damsel in distress in that one. And she actually becomes like a refrigerated girlfriend. Um, so, yeah. like Alex was saying, it's really cool that uh, Rene Russo comes along and, and kind of goes in the opposite direction where uh, she never really has to be saved. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and, and like he was saying, it's a really good foil for for Riggs. And yeah, the, the chemistry is there. Um, she, she's able to keep up with uh, all the comedic stuff. And yeah, it really worked out for for this. So as as weak as the villain was, she's probably the the best love interest. 
Um, even though she's like pretty much the one of two. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. But uh, that that end of things worked out in this. Yeah, yeah. No, she's she's good and uh, age appropriate. She's actually two years older than Mel Gibson. Dang. Which is pretty rare for in a Hollywood uh, movie. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, my only thing was that she seemed like a perfect fit for him. Like, I guess if they known if they knew they were doing a fourth movie, which I guess they kind of do, because at the end Murtaugh says he's not retiring, so I guess they had a feeling. But like, it could have took a little longer for that thing to actually could have been a little more Sam and Diane for a little while before they hooked up. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I think she was good. She's good in almost everything I've seen her in. It's only been a few movies, but. Mm-hmm. She plays. She seems to play characters. I don't know if it's her personality, but she gives it back as much as she takes it. Right? Like I think of uh, what's the one where she's in Circuit Service with Clint Eastwood. Oh, the Line of Fire. Yeah, but not age appropriate in that. Age <laughs> <laughs> appropriate. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Get shorty. Thomas Crown Affair. Thomas. She's yeah. She's really good in the Thomas Crown Affair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thor's mom. <laughs> oh yeah. That's right. Um, oh, sound. poor Loki. <laughs> she really doesn't do much in a major league, but she's there. All right. Uh, where that was? Where were we at? I'm lost. I think that was your number three. So that was Scott my number three. three. That was Scott's number three. Oh, okay. So then we're on to my number three, which is mm-hmm. the bomb diffusing scene at the beginning of the movie. Um. Why he thinks he could do it, I don't know, but it's still a great scene. It's just a great cold open, good introduction to our our favorite uh, buddy cops. Uh, you know, I have six, <laughs> ten days of retirement, or whatever the number is, and going in there, and Bertha wanting to wait, and Riggs keeps saying, like, no, don't open that door, and just all those funny jokes. Gotta cut the red wire. Oh, I mean, you're gonna cut the blue wire. That would have been Grab a catastrophe. <laughs> <laughs> Grab the cat. So, yeah, Mer- that whole Mer- thing. I love Mer- it. Mer- I love a good... How he has the boat that says live forever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> live forever. A good cold open in a movie franchise is great. You know, like James Bond has always done those, right? Like, you're... you're I like him. <laughs> and that's mm-hmm. all I got to say about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Alex, number two. My number two is Murtaugh and Riggs's lasting friendship. It's really, yeah, yeah it, it, it's, it, it has to be strong in order to pretty much form a franchise around these two characters. And it is. It's fantastic seeing them, you know, through the years grow up into pretty much old men, where both of them are too old for that shit by the last one. Yeah. No, well, I'll, I'll jump in real quick because this is my number two as well. I mean, every the weapon movie we're going to do, this is always going to be at the top of my list. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Riggs and Murtaugh together, their friendship, their chemistry. I just love it. They, they, they get together, get along so great. And they fight and everything is just awesome. And the way that Murtaugh's family's adopted Riggs and all that stuff is just great. Mm-hmm. Their friendship is so strong that it jumps franchises. <laughs> Into Maverick? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, Scott, what's your number two? Number two is the the scar comparison scene. Okay, uh, that, was, that was a very, uh, well, not not a a meet cute because they they've been sparring for like a lot of the movie at that point, but uh, it, it was a, a really 
fun way to to have them uh you know it was inevitable <laughs> i mean it's, it's like in the goddamn trailer but uh mm-hmm. yeah just just a nice way for them to to hook up i guess all right alex what's your number one my number one is that this movie was a fun action movie from beginning to end just like all the other lethal weapon movies are this is fantastic I love it. I was smiling throughout the whole movie. Even even during the very somber Daryl was my friend dad scene. <laughs> Daryl my friend dad. Yeah. By the way, that's almost, or right before that, that's the second Jaws homage when he walks up to the grieving mother yeah. and she slaps him. Yeah. Alright. Uh, Scott, what's your number one? Number one is, like you guys have been saying, Greg Murtaugh. Uh, that's what makes these movies like this movie kind of coasts on that and, and Dick Donner's, you know, just, just competency in in making an action movie. Um, and you know, some of the other smaller pieces, but it's mostly these two. Uh, the, the boat scene is great, uh, where, where Riggs breaks down. I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty melodramatic, but it's still, still a lot of fun when, when Riggs breaks down and tells Murtaugh about how, you know, he has, he has three beautiful kids. They're yours. I live out of your icebox, which, by the way, nobody says icebox. That was yeah. his Australian showing. Uh, <laughs> hey, Roger, I live out of your icebox. Icebox, I crikey. Uh, and then, uh, you know, just them, them <laughs> having the heart to heart. That's uh, great. I think I, just, I might have slept with somebody I shouldn't have. Yeah. You son of a bitch. Yeah. God. Yeah, so, yeah, and then that they, they keep that joke going. Uh, but she kisses him on the lips, man. Yeah. They definitely flirt. Like, yeah. Like, Rig, Riggs definitely deserves some of that ire. <laughs> for yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, yeah, just, just, it's, it's a good moment. It's, it's some good acting. Uh, you know, Murtaugh realizing that, you know, Riggs is part of his family. Um, and that, that this decision is affecting him. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's good stuff. And then I, I, I like the line when the, the harbor sheriff or whatever comes by and they just hold up the badges, which again is good enough. Like no no need for them to, <laughs> yeah. to ask any more questions, but they they say they're in the middle of a case of scotch. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> yeah. My number one, Riggs mm-hmm. and Murtaugh. All right, uh, my number one, as I kind of mentioned at the beginning, my dad had a couple things that remind me of my dad of this movie, and one I already mentioned was the convention center scene. Um. Actually, I mean, I already kind of mentioned that, but he, my dad was working there. I just remember it was one of his longest job sites, and he was talking about the movie. Um, so I remember it. And then the, the finale of this movie, so I, I watched this. I don't know if I saw it the first time with my dad, but I definitely watched it with my dad at some point. And, you know, Riggs, cop killers, and Riggs shoots through the bulldozer. And my dad gave the biggest groan slash <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe bigger than anything. Worse than the rainstorm in Tombstone. He wow. was raging that there's no way I don't care what kind of bullets they are. They are not going through that steel of the bulldozer. And I have to agree with him. I, I don't see how it's possible. Maybe it did. I mean, if two Kevlar vests stopped it, I would have to think like a six. Yeah, that, that's uh, yeah, that, that's kind of where that that falls <laughs> apart there. Yeah. <laughs> So I'll, I'll never forget that. My dad just, <laughs> bullshit, just, <laughs> just screaming at the TV. Oh, um, so, I mean, so, I almost think it was bullshit that the thing went through a, 
one of those steel trash cans, both sides, and through the kid's Kevlar vest and mm-hmm. got him. Happy but, birthday, kid. But I don't know. I don't know how well armor-piercing bullets work. But I know that I'm going to go through a goddamn bulldozer and have to agree with yeah. my dad on that one. All of them so. went through, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't like... Some of them got crunched a little bit and a couple made it through, but... Or they thinned uh, out the metal in one spot and then one, yeah, yeah one yeah. got through, yeah. Uh, question for you, Jeff. Um, so, so your dad was, was basically doing contract work or construction work, right? Yeah. What was, like, so when I was a kid, my, my dad was, was basically kind of doing something very similar. Like, if they were on a long job, that was, like, a really good thing. Yes. Where it was like, okay, they, they know they're getting paid for a while and have to worry about finding work not not that like they'd be out of work but um you know it was, there's was always like lining up the next job was was kind of a thing um so if you get if you did get in like a big project like that 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 was always really good even if you had to go like all the way out to like downtown la every day mm-hmm. yeah exactly my dad was a union carpenter and so basically you just get put on a list so you you finish the job because carpet you know a job site only needs you for so long and then you're done building what you need to build and then you you get laid off, then you get put back on in a queue, basically, and then you every day they'd call, you know, call down the list. Okay, we got a job for you here, we got a job for you here, and yeah, you wanted the long job. Sometimes you would take a three day job, but then you get put back at the end of the list again. So it was kind of where my dad would have to call in in the morning and um, see if they had any good jobs, and if they did, he'd take it. If not, you know, he'd pass on it, and wait for hopefully get another one the next day. And there were definitely times where he was out of work for several weeks. Um, I even want to say maybe during one of those recessions, it was a lot longer than that. But I believe the convention center job was his longest one. And it might have been a whole year, which was pretty rare. And yeah, that was, you know, us living in Garden Grove and him driving, you know, to downtown LA every day. Um, but yeah, that was the life of a, a carpenter. And I remember, I mean, now I'm going to get sad thinking about it, but I hated it when he didn't have a job because that means he was home when we got home from school. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. It wasn't as easy to drink soda and watch cartoons when he was <laughs> being king of the castle and telling us to do our chores immediately and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. But, Feed the dogs, but, mow the lawn. Yeah, basically. Uh, so, yeah. All right. Uh, any honorable mentions? Um, oh, yeah. Uh, I, just, I just realized this, but Riggs not being able to smoke during the whole movie. You know why? Down or dislike smoke. <laughs> well, that, that's pretty damn good. I like it. Uh, I, I did. I did like that gag of him eating the, the dog biscuits, and then oh, yeah. at the, at the very end of the movie, he's actually the smoking, and then he says he's doing it because he has a dog biscuit problem. Yeah, he keeps licking his balls and falling off the couch. Yeah, yeah. That's funny. It's just the dog joke in general. Just uh, Riggs is so insane that he can. Telepathically trained dogs. Mm-hmm. Sorry, that reminds me of another dad thing. A, a bad joke about the guy, two guys seeing a dog lick his balls, and the one guy goes, I wish I could do that. And the guy responds, Don't you think you get to know the dog better first? <laughs> <laughs> I, I was, uh, I forget how it came up, but uh, I was hanging out with my, my brother over the weekend, uh, or the, how the conversation came up anyway. And uh, I, I, was, I, I was telling him about how. We did like an impromptu trip over to Disneyland, and this is like us in our thirties, by the way. <laughs> and your dad dropped us off at the hotel, 
And uh, I don't know. If, I, I think it was just me, you, your brother, and your dad. And like the whole way there, your dad's telling uh, like <laughs> telling pull out jokes. <laughs> Dude, he was doing that in hospice care. My brother was there for I think for the final one. He texted me. He's like, he's still telling prologue jokes. I, my, <laughs> so I, I, I was laughing because it's inappropriate and it was funny because you don't hear that very often. And then I just remember you, you and your brother, just like I almost hear you rolling your eyes. And then at one point, yes. one of you said, "God, don't encourage him." <laughs> yeah, if he got a new audience. It was all done. Like, my mom gets so frustrated because every time a nurse would come in, any time of his issues, it would just be, all right, we're going through the, the repertoire here. <laughs> the Rolodex. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. Yeah. Don't encourage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He also had some, one other thing. He was, this was, I mean... He was already really bad shape. Wasn't even able to talk that much. And I'm just, you know, we had his bed in the living room and I'm watching TV and ESPN on or something. And he just heard Chris Berman's voice. My dad hates Chris Berman from ESPN. <laughs> and he just, hey, he hasn't said anything an hour. All of a sudden, you just hear, oh, this dickhead. Because... <laughs> <laughs> My dad didn't like him because Chris Berman's thing was he'd make fun of people's names. Or he wouldn't make fun of them. He'd just have nicknames. And my dad hated that. He thought it was disrespectful. And so his my dad's clever way of making fun of his name. His name was Chris Berman. He's like, they should start calling him Chris Berman. See? I could do it too. Chris Berman. <laughs> Show that asshole. <laughs> yeah. And then so when he made that when he said that the other day, I'm like, Yeah, that's right, Dad. He's Chris Berman. And he goes, Yeah. Yeah, see, you still, still remember it. Yeah. Right. The rational uh, hate, I love it. I know. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I had two honorable mentions. One, uh, got to shout out the L.A. Kings being in this movie, although it really wasn't the L.A. Kings. They were they were people wearing Kings like jerseys. I don't even remember if they had the real <laughs> logos or not. Um, that was definitely not... forum, right? That was not. Yeah, this is 92, because Staples Center opened in 99. So this is definitely the forum. Um, so that was kind of cool. Just to, And this is right probably when I started getting into hockey. So I didn't even know at the time, Wait, is that Luke Robitaille or Wayne Gretzky? No, that's a jabroni. And a <laughs> <laughs> they're going to get Yari Curry or something. Yeah. Um, and then uh, you guys mentioned Leo. The one thing, <laughs> I forgot about his his jokes at the very end when Murtaugh's taking a bath and... <laughs> Where's Riggs? I can't see him down under the water. Oh, man. That was hilarious. That's all I got. Any others from you? I did, I did like the joke about how uh, they, they they shoved a camera so big up his ass they could have seen Venus, and he goes, more like Uranus. Yeah. <laughs> That's easy. <laughs> Saw that joke coming a, a mile away. Yeah, that was a layup. <laughs> Um, all right. Well, as usual, it's time to rate it. We rate on a scale of one to seven. One being garbage, seven being absolute perfection. Alex, what do you rate this film? Oh, I'm still gonna give this one a six because the villain wasn't strong, but Rene Russo made up for it, and the movie was still like fun as hell. I loved it. Yeah. Okay, Scott. 
uh, this this is tough for me. Uh, as as much as I like things in the movie, um, I feel like it's a big drop off from from the second one uh, after the, after the first couple movies. Um, nah, that's uh, tough. Um, I'll give it a four. Yeah, four. just just the, <laughs> the the villain the villain and the and the plot were were all pretty weak. Right. They're bullets with little red tips on them. <laughs> go through bulldozers. All right. Well, based on sentimental value, I'm giving this a six. Um, it is definitely not as good as the first two, but it's still very enjoyable. As Alex said, it's a high, entertaining, action-packed movie. Yeah. Um, I still love the chemistry and all that. And uh, like I said, the stuff with my dad has made me put this a little higher today. So six for me. All right. All right. Uh, now it's time. What would I invite it? <laughs> Uh, now it's time for um, a beer break. I'll be right back. All right, nice. And we're back. Mm-hmm. Uh, now we're going to do our crossover topic, which is top five bomb diffusing scenes in movies, TV, video games. Yeah. Um. Songs, you know, you could have Rancid Time Bomb on here. I guess if you wanted to. <laughs> God damn it! But you don't, you don't <laughs> diffuse it. Just turn the volume down. <laughs> I, I guess know. that's the code: white coat, white shoes, white hat, Cadillac. And then yeah. that's the code to like diffuse it. <laughs> I guess maybe. Anyway, top five bomb diffusing scenes. Alex, what's your number five? My number five is actually a video game, and the the whole game is based around diffusing a bomb. It's called Keep Talking and Nobody Dies. Right? Or is it Keep Talking and Nobody Explodes? I think it explodes. Okay. There's seven well, versions the, of this. There, there's seven versions of it? I, I said I think there's different versions. Oh, okay. Uh, well, uh, the, the game is pretty simple in uh, concept, where one, one person has a laptop usually, or a desktop, or whatever, and they're looking at a bomb, and it's always randomly generated, and then other people that can't see the screen have, like, an actual document that they can either print out, or they can scroll through on their tablets and everything, and that has all of the instructions on how to diffuse, like, the the bomb suitcase has many different, like, little compartments, which are all little mini-games, and so they have to figure out what the correct way to do those mini games through the sheets and then communicate that to the person actually defusing the bomb and it's complete chaos <laughs> it's pretty it's pretty fun yeah I, I, when i when i played it it was uh, with uh, vr actually oh that's right there is a vr version yeah so yeah it, it is fun there you go go try it people <laughs> all right scott number five Number five is The Rock. Uh, and number three. So, you know, Stanley Gottschpade. Uh, the beginning defuses the bomb uh, rather than inject himself and, and uh, be safe. Safer. Uh, setting up the, the end of the movie. Um, but... It, but I think more about him just pulling out those beads, <laughs> the giant anal beads. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, defusing uh, the missiles. Yeah, like like 
that that I think is cooler just because the the beads are such a cool prop uh, the bobbles well, I don't know what you would call them uh, but uh, yeah yep, that's what I thought of when, when the first things I thought of they're all green to show mm-hmm. that they're poisonous mm-hmm. okay well mine is also the rock but it's the very beginning when they get the teddy bear and they're you know they're in the diffusing the bomb chamber or whatever and all of a it's going off and and uh, the one guy's like freaking out and t- you want me to stick this in my heart and it's down to good speed is doing the diffusing of the teddy bear I just that's a good way to start that movie and uh, yeah that's my number five get the thing out of my face yeah Alex number four number four is Die Hard with a Vengeance yeah turned out it was not a real bomb it was just pancake syrup <laughs> exactly that was awesome. Every every snip the guy made, no guts, no glory. <laughs> Sweating beads. Like yeah. J- Jeremy Irons' character was not a monster. Yeah. Not a monster. Uh, do you know what? Jeremy Irons. Just talking about that. Sorry, I'm going to make this all about my dad. But uh, that reminded me of when I watched that with him, he brought up a good point. He's like, in this movie, he liked this movie because the cops clearing out the students and doing that are actually really important to that movie. It's not just um, John McClane doing everything in this movie. Yeah. We're like, those are the road. They're jumping in there, saving kids and, you know, doing the buildings and doing that stuff. It's really cool about that movie. I remember I, didn't, I wasn't thinking about that as a kid and my dad pointed that out. I was like, yeah, you're right. Yeah, and it was, it was really effective. Like, created a lot yeah. of drama. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, all right. Uh, I had a little higher on my list, but uh, for my number... Oh, wait. Scott's number four, right? Yeah. Yeah, Scott number four. Number four is from uh, Bond. James Bond. Speaking of of good read. Yeah, let's see if it's the same one as mine. And uh, that would be the end of Goldfinger. I don't know if that's the same one as mine. I've never seen it. Uh, So I don't don't want to spoil it because I I think we, we should do Goldfinger one of these days. Uh, okay, but it's actually put it on your list. It's actually a pretty clever uh, bomb defusal. So, yep, Goldfinger number four. Okay, it might be. Uh, I'll explain later when it gets on my list, but it might be the one I'm thinking of. <laughs> okay, um, my number five is pretty much every scene from Hurt Locker. <laughs> um, but there's the one uh, yeah. scene where he like. He's like tracking. I don't know. He's like pulling one of the wires up, and then he pulls that center part up, and just all those bombs like just kind of <laughs> move up. You can tell it's connected to a bunch more, and that whole movie, man, that thing is. I don't know what I was expecting from that movie, and it was not that. And that tension, mm-hmm. the entire movie. And I always think like that sniper scene is probably the most tense thing I've ever seen in my life. Right at the end, I was like, I need water. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, the bomb diffusing stuff in that movie is great. That's my number four, Alex. Uh, my number three is The Rock at the very beginning. All right. Yeah. Okay. Scott, number three. Three is Die Hard with a Vengeance. All right. Pancake syrup? Yeah, they, they, they do a great job going out of their way to show how explosive this stuff is. And then... Mm-hmm. Like, he puts it on the paper clip. Yeah. 
Um, all right. Well, Die Hard 3 is my number uh, three as well. So we'll move right up. Just got to say pancake syrup, just like Alex. <laughs> Alex, number two. My number two is actually from a book. And this was, I thought it was really cool, uh, original way to do a bomb. Uh, the defusal, they didn't actually write it out because it was just, well, it's from the book Snow Crash. And at the very end, they were going to release this quote-unquote digital bomb that would erase people's minds, essentially, or reprogramming their brains so that they, the, it's a whole thing in the book. you got to read it. It's a great book. But to defuse it, the guy just, you know, in the digital realm had to go really small into the screen of whatever was going to show this thing. And uh, it, it was just very memorable. And the whole book is amazing. So I yep, recommend I, it. I, I read it. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. There digital it is. Mm-hmm. Nice. Scott, number two. Uh, number two is, uh, this one's kind of cheating, but it is like the first thing I thought of. <laughs> And that's from Batman sixty six, <laughs> the movie. Honorable mention. And, uh, yeah, Batman's he's not defusing it. I mean, he's trying to get rid of it, right? So, <laughs> if he throws it in the water, that might yeah. defuse it. It exploded yeah. anyways. That poor porpoise sacrificed its life. <laughs> that's a different scene, isn't it? Yeah, that's what the oh oh yeah, that's what the, yeah, with the, the torpedo and them trying to get free. Okay, that's my bad. Yeah, so just running back and forth on the docks. And there's like nuns and <laughs> like children. In fact, he stops it. to look at the camera. <laughs> Some days you just can't get rid of a bomb. Oh, that's gold. Yeah, I've been on that uh, wharf now a couple times. It's pretty cool. And every time I, I wish <laughs> next time I'm coming with a giant foam bomb, it's going to run around this guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The sparkler at the end. Yeah. Uh, all right. My number two is from a video game, and it's from the... I think it's Arkham Knight. It's from the Arkham series, definitely. And there's two of them. One, uh, this Scarecrow... I think it's the third one. It's Arkham Knight. Ar- Ar- Scarecrow is going to release this toxin into the to Arkham. And you have to, like, slowly take these canisters out. And meanwhile, you're just... Bre- you're bre- yourself breathing in all the toxin. It's kind of a cool little scene in... Uh, uh, but right before you do it, you kind of go crazy because you've gone mental now with this juice, and the Joker now is back in your mind through the rest of the game. It's pretty cool. But then later on in that game, you're uh, there's this crazy guy who's pretty much armed himself with a bomb, like strapped it around himself, and he's like he has a dead man switch on, or I don't know, he has some kind of switch, and he's he's singing a song, and you have to defuse it. But um. Because you've gone crazy, a lot of people, you start seeing stuff as the Joker. And so it turns into Joker, and it's Mark Hamill singing the song about how he needs, you know, you're for me and I'm for you. Like, it's like a love song to Batman. <laughs> and he's spinning around, and then, uh, meanwhile, I think it's, you start controlling Robin. And while Batman has him distracted, Robin has to get, like, sneak up and get behind the guy at the end and basically disconnect the wires to his body. And then Batman punches him in the face. It's a cool little scene, and, yeah, if you make one little mistake and he sees you... Game over. He blows everybody up. So that's my number two. Cool. Arkham Knight. Um, all right, Alex, number one. My number one is, and this is, I remember this very vividly from when I was a kid. And this was, this might be Goldfinger. Please correct me if I'm wrong, Scott. But uh, it's uh, this this nuke that's in a circus. Is that the one? 
Not not in circus. If we're remembering okay. this, if, if, if right, we're remembering well, this correctly, yeah, this was Roger Moore, and I remember this okay, very yeah, vividly this, this because is a, not a Moore one. Yeah, the one I was it was was Connery. Okay, because Roger Moore is in like clown makeup because I guess he was undercover or something, and then he's got this stupid clown suit on, and he's trying to defuse this nuke by rotating the stuff, and uh, what was it? He had to defeat these knife throwing acrobat guys. That that was like the one of the main villains in this movie and uh yeah i just remember it it was big silver and it had switches on it and he had to spit rotate like rings to diffuse it some of the, some of those roger moore bond movies get really wild yeah <laughs> <laughs> they do i always like was it uh centauri time when bill murray's filming the commercial and they, you know, it was very lost in translation. It was very, yeah. And just everybody goes, James Bond. And then the guy's like, Yeah, Roger Moore. He's like, Roger Moore. That that's your go-to for Bond. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, uh, Scott. Number one. Uh, number one is the Abyss. Hey, same here. Nice. So oh, nice. It's, it's a common trope that we don't know which wire to cut. Also, common trope where they're not able to tell the color for whatever reason, uh, but it all makes total sense here. <laughs> yes, this is this is the only way. Like you needed a chemical light to work because if you had like you couldn't bring a flashlight down there, it would have got crushed, right, and stopped working. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he only gets the green. He can't tell what color it is. Uh, just, just a lot of tension. Um, just a great sequence uh, altogether. So he just keeps going further down and down and down. It's. Uh, the, the way that it, like the effects for it are great, um, and the and the tension, um, even though it's just like a bunch of people in a room and, and um, uh, Ed Harris just looking at this this greenish <laughs> warhead, uh, but it's really good stuff. So yeah, the abyss. Nice. Uh, same thing for same thing as me. You pretty much nailed everything. Um, just the whole setup to get there. You have to get to, you know, to get to defuse the bomb. To basically, this is like humanity's on the line, basically, because if this thing goes off, we're starting war with <laughs> people who are much more sophisticated than us to control the water, and we're, we're fucked. And Aquaman. Um, and then him having to do the liquid breathing to get down to through the abyss. <laughs> I think that it was the movie was called The Bus That Couldn't Slow Down. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, uh-huh. it's a great scene, and him... The whole thing going over texting. That was like one of the first texting scenes in the movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Still here. Um, mm-hmm. Knew it was a one-way trip. The Abyss. All right. That's it. My only honorable mention was Batman 66. Anything else from you guys? Oh, that was mine, too. I mean, I, do, do they, they don't really do any diffusing in speed, right? They try, but then they're all um, foiled. It's like, right, oh, yeah. they can't defuse it because of this thing. Yeah, if everything just blows up eventually. <laughs> it's, yeah. Uh, they don't, they're not really good at the job. <laughs> well, it's because, what's call it was part of the bomb squad before. He knows all the tricks. Mm. That's why. Because I'm smart. Smarter than you, Jack. Well, mm. I'm taller. Oh yeah, so stupid. 
Yeah. All right. Uh, well, with that, it's time for Alex No Sports. I'm Alex, and I like sports. Sports ball? So there was an exhibition game between in uh, basketball between Team USA and Team uh, from Nigeria. USA. USA. Yeah, and uh, in previous years, USA has blown them out of the water in the exhibition games, like 83 by 83 point margin, and then the next one by 43 points. And this time, the Nigerian team won. I think the mm. score was 90, yeah, 90 to 87. Wow. So, yeah. <laughs> Turns out Team USA came out thought they were the cock of the walk. Turns out they were cock of nothing. <laughs> huh? <laughs> Master Burns. Yeah, we so, got yeah, a, it was they got a pretty they, big they, upset. The U.S. team has to lose every once in a while to mm-hmm. get that kick in the ass they need. That's right. Was the international the game is uh, good. Uh, mm-hmm. Speaking of... Was it? Uh, sorry, go ahead, Jeff. Well, I was going to say, right before the pandemic, not too much before the pandemic, but before that, um, Laura got us tickets uh, to see an exhibition game as well. It was U.S. versus Spain. And Spain's actually a legit, I mean, I'm not saying Nigeria isn't, but Spain's like, they've got some good players over there. And U.S. still beat them with, like, a jabroni squad. Like, the only person I knew on the team was the coach, Tim Kerr. I didn't know anybody. We still mopped the floor with him. And it was boring ass basketball. But yeah, <laughs> good fundamentals. No can dunk, but good fundamentals. Yeah. <laughs> oh, see, no. Dunking? No. Yeah. No, there was one guy who was from the Lakers. What's his face? Um, Paul Gasol. Well, he might have been on the other team, but. Uh, you know, is he Spanish, right? Is Gasol Spanish? Yeah, yeah Gasol's Spanish. Yeah. Gasol's played for Spain before. And he's better than me. Who's a Laker that was not LeBron James? Shaft. <laughs> Shaft? John Shaft. Can you dig it? I can dig it. Uh, Kuzma. <laughs> he was the only guy. Is Kyle Kuzma? Yeah. I, I would consider Kuzma a jobber status at this point. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anything else? Uh, what real, real sports? Uh... This is real sports. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it is, but I, I, I want to say something else about real sports. Uh, oh, okay. So, they had the Euros, uh, which is hilarious to me that it's called that as an American. But uh, <laughs> they had the Euros uh, in football, and uh, over the weekend, uh, England took on Italy for the, the, the championship, the final, and uh, it was another <laughs> big loss for the English um, I don't know if you guys saw, I posted in chat today, uh, a, a guy filmed his neighbor, recorded his neighbor, uh, yelling as he's watching the game. Oh, it's, it's, it. it's, it's not safe for work, but it's hilarious. <laughs> so. What if I work at home? Well, then you're good. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's basically a an English uh, soccer fan that uh, is unhappy in real time as his team England is, is losing. Uh, now, does, like, every single soccer championship game go into to kicks? Because that's lame. Well, they kick all the no, time they, Well, they were saying that it, it had been a while since the Euros had ended this way. Okay. I feel like the World Cup always does it. 
I know that England's really? on this kind of streak though of of, of not not winning the penalty kicks. Yeah, they're like the Cubs. So. Not only was it a handball, it was a bloody offside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was a kind of nutty game. The English came came out and scored in like the first four minutes. And they actually looked pretty dominant. And then the the Italians like talked about it at halftime. <laughs> and yeah, they, they came out and they scored the like, right within the, like the first few minutes of the second half. Mm-hmm. And then they went to two overtimes and then the the shootout and uh yeah. The Brits choked it away. Mm-hmm. Alright. Uh, okay, did the keeper make saves or did they just miss the net? Uh, the keeper... The English keeper actually did a really good job. I mean, he blocked like two, which is all you can really ask. Yeah. One one of the English players um, clanked one off of the bar or off the Ooh. post when the, when the goalie had... The, the Italian goalie had dove in the other direction. Um, okay, so choke, alright. So that's that's choke. And then... The, the final one that like the decider for Italy was the English player that they kicked it like basically right at the goalie so okay alright it's time for Neem News yeah 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 it was yeah alright uh, actually starting with a review I I watched uh, Mr. Wright starring Anna Kendrick and Sam Rockwell uh, also the RZA and Tim Roth as well. Uh, fun little movie. Uh, some 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 good um, action sequences and violence and uh, I I'll I'll unapologetically watch almost anything with Anna Kendrick in it. <laughs> and uh, she she is good in this as well. And Sam Rockwell is is, is good as usual. So, uh, mm-hmm. Mr. Wright, if you're looking for something interesting to watch, it's got kind of a twist on the the whole hitman premise action genre, I guess. Uh, I forget which, I think, HBO Max, maybe? I don't even remember what streaming service I watched it on, but there we are. Um, and then I've watched uh, the... the the fourth and fifth episodes of Loki, uh, which I will want to talk about in a minute here. Oh, so, yeah. So we will circle around to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so with that said, Alex, anything you wanted to go over? Uh, not really. Steam Summer Sale ended. I got a couple deals. Uh-huh. That's it. <laughs> I'm saving money. <laughs> my, my... You now power your train or what? With your Steam Sale? Steam Savings? <laughs> That's right. Choo-choo. <laughs> my my backlog is massive, so whoa! I did not buy it. Yeah, it's pretty big, but you gotta chuggle on, get through it a little bit here and there during lunch. <laughs> Got, gotta stop eating Del Taco, Scott. You won't have such a massive backlog. <laughs> I'm not yeah. even gonna talk about what happened to me this weekend after. Anyway, <laughs> Jesus. Uh, some some beans. Anyway, uh, Jeff, anything you wanted to, to talk about? Uh, I think last we recorded, I said I started watching Mayor of Easttown. I uh, finished that. Okay. Um, pretty good. I would recommend it. Um, the actor, the acting's great. She's really good in it. Everything. Just recommend it. I won't say anything more to avoid spoilers, but 
looking for something to watch that's not comic books or Star Wars or anything, I recommend that. What? Um, I know, it's weird. <laughs> Every once in a while you gotta watch something like that. Yeah. And then, uh, uh, speaking of Marvel, I actually went out to a movie theater for the first time in <gasps> a year and a half or oh. whatever, and I, uh, you saw Black Hiv. Widow. Hopefully I don't have the Hiv. Oh, Black Widow, <laughs> wham lamp. oh, Black Widow. <laughs> wham But, uh, but yeah, and I won't talk about that now because I'm sure we'll talk about it at some point in the near future. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was just good to watch a Marvel get move. I would say it's good to watch a Marvel movie again, and good to have some lower stakes. Not world ending. Everything is doomed. And just kind of yeah, bring it bring it back a little bit. So so mm-hmm. just a, a general yay or nay, Jeff. Yay. Okay. Cool. <laughs> uh, it's Marvel. I think. Mean, yeah. Yes, yay! It's, it's not in game. You got to bring your expectations down. It's not that, but it's still it's a good classic Marvel movie. And, uh, and what was weird was I went to um, the Century Cinemark over there on uh, Catella in Maine. I have not been. That's where we saw. So to get our listeners, what we always talk about we saw midnight showings of Lord of the Rings, Matrix, Phantom Menace. It was all at that theater, but I haven't been there X-Men. for yeah. Exactly, Spider-Man, like, all those movies back in the late 90s, early 2000s. I've been there forever, so it was cool. I mean, they've changed it some, but um, it's cool to be be back. I feel like that was, that in the Cynodome, Cynodome was more my younger years, and that one was more my my later Mm -hmm. years. What what day was that, Jeff? That I saw it? Yeah. Um, Friday. Okay, that's kind of funny. I was was at the Catella Grill on Friday night. Oh, okay. Mm. So, I mean, I live pretty close to that area now, so I'm always around somewhere around there. But um, yeah, like I said it was just, just cool to be in there and just the movie theater again. And we still got the spaced out seating, like the recliner seat, so I wasn't elbow to elbow with the weirdo. We, we also tried to, we got a matinee, <laughs> so there was actually right, no don't one. Don't call Laura so that. Jeez. <laughs> I was no one next to me and no one next to her. We were next to each other. Comparing scars. <laughs> yes. So yeah, more movie. Black Widow. Go check it out. Woo. Cool. And uh, yeah, that's all I got except for Loki. Okay. Uh, one one thing we, we kind of... One more thing I want to talk about. We, we kind of glanced over it uh, again. Mm-hmm. That uh, we, we, we had a different movie planned. Uh, but with Dick Donner's passing, we wanted to do Lethal Weapon 3. Um, Jeff, right. Jeff, Jeff mentioned it uh, at the beginning uh, I just wanted to talk a little bit more about Dick Donner. Sure. Um, so I'm sure we talked about this in the Superman episode. Um, and I know like a week and a half ago, uh, I was we, we were all together and, and I was nerding out um, on like Kevin Feige and uh, John Favreau and, and you know, what, what they'd done for, for that franchise. And uh, but, but really, if you... If, if you're like me and you 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 love all of these superhero these these comic book movies, uh, it's it's hard not to give like original credit to to Dick Donner, yeah. Uh, about all this stuff, he's the one that kind of laid out that that initial formula, um, you know, like treat the the source material with respect. Like it's okay to have a wink and a nod, right? To to have a little bit of camp. Um, but you know, play it straight. 
Um, and you know, this this is, you know, if you really want to immerse your audience, if you want to have fun, um, you know, and again, just uh, a great string of movies. Uh, you know, his, his overall of where uh, is, is is pretty hard to top with the, the Superman Goonies. Um, at least partial credit for Superman too. Yeah. Uh, the the Omen, um, the 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 Lethal Weapon movies, um, yeah, just just some some really good stuff, some some classic stuff. Uh, so yeah, it, it's he he was well into his nineties, um, but you know it seemed like he uh, you know ended his career when he wanted to. Like I, I'm, I'm no expert on his life, uh, but you know he felt like he made the movies he wanted to make. Um, and, uh, we all kind of benefited for it. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, Definitely. was it, I remember when we did Goonies, you guys told us the story. I think it was in one of the extras on the DVDs or whatever, but <laughs> was it Dick Donner that was just sick of the kids and he, and he couldn't wait to go on a vacation to Hawaii? You guys remember yeah. this? Yes, and then Spielberg sent them all out there. Oh, yeah, it was Spielberg. That was the dick. Yeah. <laughs> sent all the kids out there on a vacation with Dick Daughter. <laughs> yeah. yeah no, that was great. pretty funny. During the pandemic, you know that, uh, what's his face? I mentioned it. The guy, the voice of Olaf in Frozen, Chad Gad. Yeah, Josh Gad. Yeah, Josh Gad. Josh Gad. He had that reunited repart, uh, you reunited apart series, and they had the Goonies on there, and Dick Donner made an appearance, and he, I think that's where he told that story, or somebody on there told that story on there, and um, yeah, and he looked, I mean, he looked old, but he did look like he was like, you know, very sharp and on the ball when that thing was filmed, and that was you know about a year ago, so I, I don't know his cause of death or anything, but yeah, ninety one, so good for him. So he. Uh... I, I just reading some stuff after after he had passed. Um, like, see, he's in the habit of just calling everybody kid. It's like Mel Gibson was talking about how Dick Donner called him kid. Uh, the kids talked about how they called him kid. Like, I guess he just called everybody kid. Like, it didn't matter how old you were. Uh, but there's a, there's a funny quirk, and also a good way to never have to remember anybody's name. Yeah, <laughs> um, as a kid. Yeah, and then uh, that he that he put. Um, uh, chunk through through college. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow, I didn't know that. About so the story was that um, you know he obviously didn't go on to to be successful actor as an adult. Um, you know he, he but he still wanted to, to be in Hollywood. And at one point he was uh, Dick Donner's like like one of his PAs, uh, like one of his assistants. And at one point he asked. Uh, Dick Donner, uh, just for a, just basically a letter for a recommendation, um, to help him get into college that he wanted, mm-hmm. and uh, so he basically wrote out like the essay he was going to do, kind of asked Donner to you know say say some things if he would, and like Donner came back and said you know me and, and Laura Shula Donner, you know they they kind of formed like a, this powerhouse production couple. Um, that they, they said, well, we'll just pay for your college. <laughs> um, and yeah, you became a lawyer. Uh, so, yeah, it just seemed, seemed like a, a uh, like a good dude. Like, anyway, or at least as far as Hollywood's concerned. So Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
You're talking about the, the, the you know, how you bring in uh, truth to the, you know, like, uh, you don't have to, everything has to be corny or whatever in the Superman movie. Talk about that in the, document, in the documentary. He was always preaching verisimilitude, he kept saying, and all that stuff to be to honor it and be true to the story and be true to the characters. And I think it, it worked. And, but have fun with it, like you said. Perfect. Like I always said, one of my favorite moments as a kid is at the very end of that movie when Superman flies into uh, into space and smiles at the camera. God, as a kid, that was the greatest thing ever. Yeah. Um, all right. So it's time. Loki talk? Let's do some Loki talk. So we got to get through two episodes here. Yeah. Spoilers, uh, spoilers, spoilers. Yeah, spoilers. <laughs> Turn us off. All right. So I'll kind of start with how I usually do this um, in the three or four times we've done it. Uh, so we'll start with episode four, which is the uh, the one where they, they find out that the... Uh, so we'll back up a little bit here. They, in <laughs> Previously on Loki. Uh, mm-hmm. So Loki and Sylvie um, are, are about to blow up this planet. Uh, they, they hold hands and that creates a new, like, spike in the, the sacred timeline mm-hmm. so they're able to open up a couple portals that come back they're they're under arrest by, by the tba and the rest of the episode is is basically um the the tva trying to figure out what to do with them uh sylvie eventually um escapes after she's done her enchantment which apparently unlocks people's memories um so yeah just just in brief uh the there's a little bit of character growth there for for loki um he realizes that uh his glorious purpose might be just to, to help out sylvie um we 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 see uh, uh owen wilson um start to question things and ultimately get betrayed uh which ter- i can't remember so here's here's the problem uh, I don't know how to pronounce her name in real life, and I can't remember her name on the show. <laughs> but the well, she's just a number on the show, right? Like agent, whatever. No, she has, they say her name a couple times. TK four two one. It's like something Slayer, the the judge, the one that's Owen Wilson's like friend. Yeah, I'll look it up right now. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, Ravana Renslayer. What was that? R- Ravana Renslayer. Renslayer. Okay, that's they say Renslayer a couple times. I think. Um, yeah, I couldn't remember it, yeah. but I mean she's good. Um, mm-hmm. And so they, they eventually being Loki's, they're really good at escaping, surviving between the two of them. Uh, they make it to the the Time Lords, uh, which is these weird looking lizard people. Uh, but then the other guard shows up. Um, who realizes that everything's a lie and she helps them out. There's a big fight sequence, which was okay. Uh, shades of mm-hmm. uh, uh, The Last Jedi, I guess. Uh, but ultimately, uh, we find out that the Time Lords are, are not real, at least as far as the ones that they were in this room. There are all these androids. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's Wizard of Oz stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And then Loki basically gets pruned, I think is the term they use. Yeah. Yes. He basically gets gets the the cattle pride the that dissolves him. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh 
episode basically ends there. Um, so I enjoyed that episode. We get the the cameo from Lady Sif, uh, which is like oh, the yeah. one, the, other than Rene Russo, is like the only other kind of recurring Marvel character that we that we get here. Yeah. Um, so that was a fun sequence where she just keeps coming through and just keeps kneeing him in the balls for. <laughs> Like, who, who knows how many times by the time Owen Wilson shows back up again. Uh, so. Uh, but eventually, like, Loki even gets through to, to Sif. Uh, yeah, that one time. Yeah, a little bit of uh, self-realization. Um, so overall, a, a still good stuff. Just, I think this one really kind of coasted on... Uh, Tom Hiddleston, uh, just just him being Loki, um, mm-hmm. and kind of the trying to get a bit of the mystery of the TVA. Um, I don't know. This, this, I felt that this one was kind of a weak episode of of the ones so far, one of the weaker ones. Um, even though we we get a lot of action, so I don't know what you guys thought of it. Nah, I really liked it. Because, uh, I, I mean, I knew there was something up with the lizard people, but they, I didn't know exactly what. And I saw, you know, Mobius getting pruned, okay, but then when Loki gets pruned, that that caught me by surprise a bit. I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, Jeff? It, it was kind of slow. and That's the episode that kind of lost Laura. Laura stopped watching it after that one. Okay. Uh, but so. we get the first stinger. Uh, possibly the only stinger of the yeah. series, uh, wherein uh, Loki reappears, um, and there looks looks to be in some post-apocalyptic world uh, with a few other Lokis, and then fade to black, uh, which leads into the fifth episode, the penultimate episode, and I really really enjoyed this this fifth one. Yeah, um, I felt was like. Awesome. This this is this was kind of like the big payoff of everything else that was in here. Um, you you get some some more of Sylvie with with Renslayer, uh, and you get what is the name of the mascot again? Miss Time or something like that. Uh, Miss uh, Minutes. Miss hey, Minutes. Thank minutes. you. Um, Voiced by Tara Strong. Yep. Strong. So yeah, I, I like that they. I think I mentioned this before, but I like that they credited her because voice actors usually don't. <laughs> get that treatment, mm-hmm. unless they're like super famous people doing it. She's a pretty prolific voice actor. Oh no, she definitely is. So I think it's, I think yeah. it's cool that they didn't like just kind of hide her, uh, hide her away, her credit away. But uh, mm-hmm. so we get that. Couldn't quite tell if like if Renslayer was like really portraying or just was just uh, just trying to play it cool. Um, so it wasn't like full bump betrayal of Sylvie, uh, but uh, we um, see them interact, um, and we've learned in episodes past that you know Sylvie was was basically uh, what's what's the term in Minority a Report? Kid. She was what, a child. What's the term in Minority Report? Variant. What's the term? A term for what, Scott? What? A <laughs> term for what? The minority <laughs> report the, for the catching them before they actually commit the crimes. The precog. Precog. Yes, thank you. 
So she's basically oh, pre- precog, precog, precog. <laughs> she's basically precog, where she actually she hasn't hadn't done anything wrong, just by orders of like the TVA overlords, Renslayer picked her up as a kid. So she's got beef. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah. But we get to the meat of the episode where they're on the. I forget what they call the place. It's not really that important. Uh, but it's this apocalyptic. The void. The void. Yeah. This apocalyptic world that's seems to be populated only by Lokis, <laughs> which I love because they, yeah. they talk they talk about in, in almost every episode that the Lokis are survivors, um, if, if nothing else. Um, so our Loki, uh, uh, Hiddleston, runs into uh, the OG Loki, uh, Richard Grant, who, who absolutely kills it. Uh, oh, yeah. he, he, he steals steals the show, and mm-hmm. he also gets like the coolest. His character gets the coolest moment thus far in the show. Um, you get the kid um, who, who's fun. Um, the kid, yeah. Um, <laughs> we, we get the other Loki. He looks more like a cross between Loki and Thor. Yeah, he's, he's kinda, got a hammer. He's kind of like brawny, yeah. So I'm gonna explain that. Uh, and then we get alligator Loki. Who's <laughs> the best? It's, it's the be- might be the best Loki, yes. Uh, <laughs> and and apparently, like most of the stuff is is from the comics. Like they didn't they didn't just make this up for the show. Uh, but it, but it leads to, to some hilarious scenes uh, of betrayal because they're Lokis. Um, another group of Loki shows up because one of the other Lokis betrayed them. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's actually Tom Hiddleston playing the other Loki, um, leading them all until he's betrayed by the other Lokis. And this huge melee ensues. And, and they're all doing like Loki-esque things in this fight. Um, and then the backdrop for this is, is again, really funny. Uh, like they have that, that shot of them going into that bunker um, halfway through the episode. And on the way down, you see all kinds of wacky shit. There's like a, mo- a Mjolnir there. You see like a tiny Thor like in in a jar. <laughs> yeah, uh, like, it's a frog. Was it a frog? Okay, yeah, yeah. I mean, and it's uh, yeah, that's what my brother was telling me. I, I missed it. Uh, it has a name though. It's like Throg or something like that. It's a, it's a Thor. Yeah, it's from the comics. There's yeah, Frog Thor. So, and... so yeah, my brother was telling me that uh, this I forget the name of some guy. Or name of the guy who did it, but a uh, guy that that always goes and does the deep dives and all this stuff to like make all the connections, to point out all the connections from the comics and and other references. And this guy was like, "Look, like I'll list out what I can, but I'm gonna have to go back and like freeze frame everything because there's so much shit going on." Uh, <laughs> so yeah. that, that's wasn't this episode. Uh, did, did you guys see the Thanos copter? Yes, that was hilarious. Oh yeah. Which is which, which I even knew that that was directly from the comics. I did not know. And I so saw, I've fucking, seen pictures so, of the comics, and it's awful. So goofy. It's so painfully goofy that God. Thanos was flying around in a Thanos copter. Oh God! <laughs> and for people who don't know, it's literally just a helicopter that says Thanos on it. Yeah. But it's like it's like one of those like early like sixties helicopters that's just like, like a bubble cop. Yeah, it's yeah. just like cockpit with with the, the rotor on top. Right? Oh God, Thanos! Yeah, so so yeah, lots of fun <laughs> stuff going on there. Uh, but uh, yeah, Sylvie meets up with Mobius, Owen Wilson's character. Um, mm-hmm. they, they get some fun dialogue. Uh, and then they all meet up again, um, and 
their master plan is to stop a smoke monster. Which is also apparently <laughs> like, well, from... we're just going to kill it. That was your plan. Just to go over there and kill it. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, some funny bits about how he's going to sneak on it, but it's a giant smoke monster. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, they get reunited, and uh, uh, you, you get some uh, tension, uh, sexual tension between Sylvie and Loki. Uh, mm-hmm. And again, I just want to say I, I, I love the idea that the only person Loki is capable of falling in love with is effectively himself. Yeah. Like, he's that much of a narcissist. <laughs> Um, awesome. e- even though like he is trying to do right by her um so at this point i am going to be like disappointed if he is still working some kind of angle uh but it genuinely seems like he's not because he gets the chance to go back to the tva and he doesn't yeah. take it uh so i think i think that kind of seals the, the deal on that um uh, but the two of them together like um they share powers and we we start to learn that maybe the loki's like are all part of something greater, like some kind of weird Loki collective. Um, like the Flash and the Speed Force. Something like that. Mm. How they, how they can all, they're all capable, like they all have different powers, but they can all learn to do what each of the others is doing. Uh, so um, we'll, we'll see how that plays out. Um, but I, I did like that they, they referenced early in the show about how they keep catching all these Lokis. And then we see this whole po- this whole planet like just basically populated with them, mm-hmm. uh, so some good continuity there. Uh, but eventually ends. They they enchant the smoke monster, uh, get inside of its head. I'll be interested to see next week if there's anything more with that other than just making it sleep. Uh, and then they they show some weird old like Victorian church house thing they're trying to get to and then yeah that, that was that uh mm-hmm. so uh, a lot of big um set pieces the 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 big money shot in this one was in order to distract the smoke monster uh, richard grant recreates uh with with an illusion all of asgard uh that, that was pretty cool that's pretty damn yeah, cool that was awesome it's creative uh you know his his character gets some great lines in, in this one as more of the, like the wizened, like the the questioning old Loki, um, and you know he's only in it for one episode, but again he kind of steals the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like a part of me hopes that, that maybe the next incarnation of this is some kind of weird Doctor Whovian uh, thing. Loki verse. Yeah, it's just like a different. There's like a Loki of the week kind of thing. Um, <laughs> but I mean, like it looked like Richard Grant's character is dead though, so I don't know how that yeah. would. Uh, but, uh, yeah, just a lot of good stuff. Like they, some, some deep cuts on the, on the, the comics here. Um, just them running rampant, uh, other evil Tom Hiddleston Loki gets his hand bitten off by alligator Loki. <laughs> by gator Loki. Yeah. Which was, <laughs> that was great. Which was, which was pretty hilarious. Yeah. Um, so yeah, a lot, a lot of stuff going on in this episode, at least as far as, uh, gags and, and, and bits of other things going on. Uh, but yes, we're, we're on to the, the final episode this Wednesday and I'm mm. obligated to say that I still hate that it's on Wednesdays. Um, <laughs> it's in his contract now, folks. Yeah, yeah. My, uh, my brother added a new wrinkle to that where he said he didn't care about it being on Wednesdays. He did hate that they like start showing it like right away. So, <laughs> like as soon as Wednesday hits. So, you, if, yeah, midnight. Yeah, so if you care like like I do, then you, you tend to be a little shy about hitting up the interwebs for the day uh, mm-hmm. until, you, until you get a chance to see it. 
And so that's where we're at. Um, I don't know if you guys have anything else to say about this episode, uh, but I do want to take some quick uh, thoughts on, on where you think it's finally headed, how it's going to end, and and what the, the ultimate effect on the MCU is going to be by the show. Because Feige was on record of saying that that this show, of, of the, at least of the three so far, will have the biggest impact on the MCU. Um, I don't know what that means exactly, because I feel like a new Captain America is pretty huge. Um, so I think he might have just meant that there will be more references to what's going on in this series than maybe the others. Okay. Well, this episode is probably my favorite so far. It was, it was really good, as you guys have mentioned. Um the show is still, of the three that have come out so far, this is probably my least favorite. But I have like did like the last episode, and I still like I still like it. Just my least favorite of the three. And as far as what I think is going to happen, I don't. I really have no idea. Yeah, I mean, it leads to a Lady Thor eventually. I mean, that's kind of one of my problems with the show is I don't even know what. What they're leading to here, like I, it's like there's not like a, <laughs> you know, like when you watch, yeah, yeah. I mean, it could just be that, but like I'm saying, the other movie, at least she knew. Okay, well, we're gonna Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and we feel in that one of them is gonna get to be the new Captain America. Like that was kind of the ultimate, and it led to this. I still don't know what this is. Okay, Loki got, he jumped out of the timeline. Now people are pissed at him, but that's not even that big of a deal. There, there's a billion Lokis, so I have no idea what the thing's gonna happen. Okay. Other something Loki esque. <laughs> mm-hmm. So Alex, yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, a multiverse. Uh, yeah, that, that's that's were... what I think. This this final episode is really going to lay the foundation for the, the multiverse, which I think will play into will... Doctor Strange at least. Yeah, will it lay the foundation because I. Are they betting that all movie people are going to watch shows? Because I can't, you can't lay the foundation of it. I think you can like, mm. it could lead to it, and then they'll. Don't you think like they can't do all the heavy lifting in this and just expect so when you go watch Doctor Strange, you're like, oh yeah, okay, yeah, the timelines, and and the you know and the different, yeah, universes. I mean, I guess you could do both. Maybe they'll have Kate Blanchett like do like a little uh, voiceover work at the very beginning of the next big Marvel movie, explaining what the Lokis did. I'd be okay with that. Yeah, and then it abandoned Gollum. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's possible. I just have a feeling. I think it's gonna it's gonna lead to it, and it'll give like with most of these things, it'll give you more information. But I bet it won't be the fa- they'll they'll kind of redo everything and. And multi met whatever that thing is called, but we'll see. Maybe not. This is kind of the first time they're doing that. Um, without giving a spoiler, I will say there was a reference to a character or item that has happened in one of the TV shows in Black Widow. Nothing major, but there was a reference to something or a character. Mm. Budapest. Um, well, that's from. Uh, I'm not saying anything, <laughs> but yeah, Budapest <laughs> was mentioned in Avengers Two. All I can say. Um, but I would say a character or an event that's happened in one of the shows was mentioned in this movie. And that was about it. So, Ooh. Sylvie. I'm not saying anything else. Okay. It was Mobius, wasn't it? It was Morpheus, actually. Oh! 
Crossover. You're Morpheus. <laughs> Whoa. All right, so I'm 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 hyped for next week. Uh, they've yeah, started man. showing trades for What If. We'll talk more about that. Oh, I can't soon. wait for that. Awesome. Uh, yeah. then, I really and quickly like, and then it's just movies. It's What If and then movies for the rest of the year, right? Well, that's what I want to go over here. So I have the upcoming schedule. So right. movies, Black Widow just came out. Mm-hmm. Beginning of September, Shang Chi. Beginning of November, Eternals, and be- middle of December, Spider Man. So we have four movies come out and coming out in six months for Marvel, which is Dang. crazy. I'm sure it's because of COVID and everything. The backlog, they're throwing everything out. Um, and yeah, then after Loki, we have What If, and then we still have two more shows this year: Hawkeye and Ms. Marvel. They don't have exact oh, dates; yeah. they just say late 2021. That's right, Hawkeye. I feel like next year is just going to feel like this big drought. But even next year, there's four movies mm-hmm. <laughs> and four TV shows. So It's not enough, Jeff. <laughs> <it is. laughs> and those are the big ones. Like This, they're kind of resetting, at least with like Shang-Chi and Eternals, right? It's a whole new property. So whereas if you're not a comic book fan, these are all new things for you, right? Which is just cool. I, I like it. We're getting new characters, but it's not the big guns. Um where next year we're getting Doctor Strange, Thor, and Black Panther. So I think, you know, those are three of the bigger characters from the Avengers and everything. So mm-hmm. I think that's cool. And then the Marvels also comes out, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. And then as far as TV shows next year, Moon Knight, She-Hulk, Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special. <laughs> I hope B. Arthur's singing in that one. Yeah, me too. And Secret Invasion. Uh, speaking of Marvel TV shows, have you guys seen Modoc yet? No. No. And that one's on Hulu, and I've only seen a couple episodes, but it's freaking hilarious. Okay. What property is that from? Or is it its own thing? Uh, it's kind of its own thing, but it's a Marvel. Modoc is a Marvel villain. But a villain of who? X Men. Four. Uh, yeah, I guess he would be X Men. X Men. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. So he fight, the, the, like he fights Iron Man in the first episode. The uh, the Harley Quinn animated show is kind of like where the bar is at for hilarity, hilarity, comic book hilarity. Mm-hmm. Was Pat Oswald playing Modoc? So <laughs> I'm so lucky to have it. <laughs> trying to look at DC movie release dates. Sorry, let me pull this up real quick. So we've got mm-hmm. since we're doing this, let's see it. Kind of... That's fun. Uh, there better be a crypto movie in there. Um, <laughs> what else? Uh, Mix uh, Mr. Mixie Spitalik TV show, right? Mixoplik or whatever his name is. Yeah, I want, I want to see one about the, the Condiment King. <laughs> yeah, the Condiment, condiment has king. no king. <laughs> Whoa! Okay. All right. August sixth is Suicide Squad, so that's coming up. Oh yeah, that's right. The good and one. Then noth- and then March 4th is The Batman, so there's not really that much. There's also uh, the Peacemaker TV show. Also James Gunn. Okay. Peacemaker. Mm. 22 will also have Zeno. Black Adam, The Flash, Aquaman 2. Okay. But that's still... 
a ways away. I don't know. Do we? Do we ever? Yeah, we did do Wonder Woman too, right? On here, we yes. Did. She was kind of a letdown. Lassoed lightning. Yeah, that was kind of a letdown. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. We shall see. She All rescued, right, rescued some mannequin children. <laughs> yeah. On the move. <laughs> they sure were. Okay. Anything else? Nope, I think we're we're good for the week. Yeah, that's it. All right, uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, please go to patreon.com slash Hans Shot First. Become yeah. a patron. Find out who won the uh, championship for the video game trivia. Yeah, have I posted that yet? Though I might not. Have. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Wait. I might not have things that are going on, but uh, I'll get it out there as soon as possible. Yeah. But yeah. Appreciate you guys doing that. Uh, tell your friends, all that good stuff. And uh, like I said, this one's dedicated to my dad. I miss him already. Bye. We at Hans Shop First would like to thank you for listening and supporting the podcast. We would love to hear from you. So feel free to contact us on Facebook and Twitter at Hans Shop First. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes. Reviews are greatly appreciated and help us get more exposure. Once again, thanks for listening and supporting the podcast.